Today's message is entitled Optimism. Optimism. Can you say that with me? Say optimism. Optimism. Philippians 4.13 is the text that we will be exegeting on today. Uh, optimism is the hopefulness and confidence regarding the future. Hopefulness is confidence, uh, hopefulness and confidence regarding the future. Optimism is looking on the brighter side of things. It is believing that something is possible. Remember mission, I'm possible. So we're continuing with this theme of action and being uh, people who do the word, not just talk the word or hear the word, but we are doers of the word. But in order to be people of action, we have to have optimism. I feel him already. Optimism is believing that something can be done. So before you jump out in the world and start doing your action, you have to be a person who has in your tool belt, in your arsenal, the power of optimism. Somebody say optimism. This is anticipating the best possible outcome. That for 2022, I am anticipating the best possible outcome. I'm applying, Webster's Dictionary said, it is applying the most favorable construction upon actions and events. So in other words, you calculate the most favorable scenario for your marriage. You calculate the most favorable scenario for your finances. You calculate the most favorable scenario for your ministry. In other words, you pre-action, pre-action, already decide and determine this is going to be a good day. Are you tracking with me? Now, pessimism, on the other hand, is tending to see the worst of things. It is believing that the worst will happen. So, which are you? Are you optimistic or are you pessimistic? Well, I came to tell you this, that many people read the Bible and they think maybe in some way that the Bible is this doom and gloom, people going to hell and heaven. And if you go to heaven, you're preferred and you're prestigious and you're better off. And it's a book of judgment. And, you know, why is God favored this group over that group? Let me explain something to you. The Bible is the most optimistic book written. The Bible is in no way, it is not a pessimistic pessimistic piece of literature. The Bible is a book of hope. And if we read it more, hello, its optimism will rub off on our lives. When we read the Bible from a positive perspective, instead of reading the Bible looking for the Bible to condemn you or judge you, read the Bible from the perspective that God wants to change you and help you. So we become more optimistic when we believe the word of God more. Our frustrations 
and lack of clarity moments bespeak to our ability, or rather I should say inability, to harness the flowing deluge of optimism put forth in the history of God's word. If we just get in the word and pull from the flow, the flow of the word from Genesis to Revelation is a book that ends up winning. God ends up winning in the end of Revelation. From the beginning in Genesis, he's winning. And at the end, he's winning. It's the in between that causes the ups and downs. Somebody didn't do what they were supposed to do. Somebody lied, sin crept in. And still Jesus comes back, changes it around, gives us hope again and says, I got you. He gives us the Holy Spirit to come and live in us. He surrounds us with angels as ministering flames of fire. He provides a promise and a purpose. He gives us a path, a will. He gives us gifts and skills and says, I got you. Not only are you left to fend for yourself in the world, I'm going to point you to the actions that best suit your skill makeup. In other words, there's a path in life for you that is congruent with what God put in you when you were born. So let me say it to you this way. Listen to me carefully. Optimism is knowing that life can't present you with anything that you can't handle. Whoa, I like that. Optimism is knowing that life cannot present you with anything that you can't handle. So today I want to highlight a specific scripture that is all about optimism. It's about as optimistic as you can get. Philippians 4.13. So when you see uh, this glass, put the uh, picture on the screen for me. When you see a glass half empty, If you see it half empty versus half full, when you see a glass half empty, when you see a situation that you feel isn't going right, pour a little Philippians 4.13 in it and it will become half full. It will go from half empty to half full if you pour a little Philippians 4. So do you see Philippians 4.13 is being poured into the glass? That's what the purpose of the design is. So check this out. Let me read the scripture for you. Here it is. I want to give you the context that leads up to Philippians 4.13, and it starts with verse 11. So we're going to read Philippians 4, verses 11, 12, and 13. And Paul is speaking, and he says that He says, not that I speak in respect of want. Hold on, before I go there, listen to me. Paul is giving this passage of scripture from a prison epistle. He's in jail. These are his letters he wrote while he was locked up, okay? So talk about optimism while you locked up, okay? So he says, not that I speak in respect of want, For I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. Verse 12 says, I know both how to be abased and I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things I am instructed both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. So Paul is saying everywhere and everything, no matter what you bring, 
I got something for it. I'm optimistic. I've been instructed to be full and hungry. In other words, I need to know how to deal on both realms. I need to know how to go hungry and I need to know how to be full. So he says all that and then he comes to the conclusion to the pinnacle of our text today in verse 13 says, in light of that, I can do, read it with me, would you? I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. Now, I want to go to the next text. I want to go, I want to focus on verse 13, but I want to read you the verse that is closest to the original writing. I'm using Young's literal translation. This is the King James I just read. But now I want to show you Young's literal translation. So this is the way it is written in the Greek. It says, For all things I have strength in Christ's strengthening me. So the structure says, notice uh, just above it in King James, it says, I can do all things. But what the emphasis of, it starts with, all things. It says all things. He starts with, when you put it at the beginning of the sentence, he says, I want you to be clear. All things I have strength to do. So that's how I'm going to break this text down for you. I'm going to show you what it means. I'm going to give you in the construct of the Greek and help you understand how powerful this text is when it provides you with optimism. So our first learning curve is all things. We want to focus on all things. Now take a picture of this one because the writing next to it says optimism is needed for situations of more than one. So when we talk about all things, we're talking about plural. We're talking about multiple things. So optimum is needed when you're dealing with more things. So now we understand that Paul is saying you need optimism when you have to swing from hungry to being full, when you have to be broke and when you have plenty of money. In other words, you when your life begins to throw at you multiple things, you need optimism. Somebody say optimism. If your life is riddled with trials, drama, people tripping, ups and downs, health ins and health outs, you need optimism because optimism is needed for situations of more than one. Come on, PC and teach. Optimism being needed for all things, when you address all things in your life, you need optimism. It implies, watch this now, it implies diversity and uncertainty is inevitable. In other words, he is saying your life is going to have multiple changes. So whenever you try to do something for God, expect diverse trials. James said, count it all joy when you fall in 
diverse trials, diverse, different, multiple trials. You're going to experience things that you didn't experience last year or a decade ago, which brings a bit of uncertainty. And uncertainty makes you recoil. You say, ah, I'd rather not do it because I don't know what's going to happen. Well, if you have optimism, you can handle all things. Come on, watch this now. And you must understand that it's not, it maybe will happen. I'm telling you, Paul is saying it is inevitable. I don't care how godly you are. I don't care how many choirs you sing in. I don't care how many days you went without sinning. You are a saved man or woman of God. You're going to be faced with all things, and all things include not just the good, it includes the bad. So one thing you can handle. I can handle one thing on my, you got one, remember we said, you got one thing to do. We, Joy and I, we used to kid about the kicker who gets on the field just to do, you got one thing to do, punt the ball, kick the ball, and you can't make it through the, you got one thing to do. In other words, people can handle one thing, but if you you got a punt and you got a quarterback and you got to be the receiver and you got to hike the ball and you got to be the tight end. When you have multiple things, you need optimism. And as an African-American man, remember I said, whenever you get a high position, you become chief operating officer slash activist. Because whenever you get a position that's good, you have to be an activist for other African-American people to get to where you are. When you are juggling being a, a professional, a leader, a father, a mother, a wife, a friend, uh, uh, taking care of your parents who are aged, when you have multiple hats, you need optimism. Come on, somebody talk to me. Now, listen to me. This is going to be good. If, if I were a superhero, let's say I were a superhero, let's say I was Optimo, superhero Optimo. That's what we used to call Joy. She's not quite as Optimo as, as she was because uh, life happens. You get older, uh, but she still got it in her. But anyway, uh, let's say I was a superhero, super Optimo, optimism. But here's the catch. When we talk about superheroes, let's look at this now. We'll talk, let's say, let's take Superman, Batman, anybody, is it right? Superman wasn't God. Listen to this. I know it's a corny uh, analogy, but listen, it makes sense. Superman wasn't God. He wasn't everywhere at the same time. It didn't say Superman is everywhere at the same time. It said he's faster than a locomotive, faster than speeding bullet, able to leap tall buildings. He didn't say he was everywhere at the same time. In other words, he responded to what came to him. Whatever came to him, he was able to respond to. Or whatever he observed, if he was out Clark Kent, you know, and he saw something, he responded to it. Watch this now. Some stuff Superman didn't get to. Remember, there was one Superman where Lois was falling in the in the middle of the crack. It, it was an earthquake, and he couldn't get to her fast enough. She actually died, and they fixed it later or whatever. But he was tending to something else. He couldn't see everything. So some stuff you don't get to. I'm talking about all things. I'm going to describe what all things is. Each of us won't save the world. So nobody is asking you to do everything. Nobody, God is not saying you can do everything 
everything. God is not saying you can be everywhere at the same place. He's not saying you you can't save the world, but you can make it better. That's all I'm saying. Superman couldn't go and get everybody, but he could make it better. Now watch this. All things is not all things. It's the all things that befall you. That's all I'm trying to say. Whatever came to Superman, that's his all things. Whatever he can respond to, that's his all things. Respond to things that are within your wheelhouse. Do not respond to things outside of you. Don't go outside of your house to do things that weren't left for you to do. When you do that, you can't handle those things. Optimism is not for things outside of you. So you can't say, I can do all things, even the things that are outside of me. That's wrong. Focus on what you are to do, not what others are to do. Stop trying to correct what others are doing wrong and fix the wrong in your own life. Hello, somebody. In other words, action is for your arena only. You must know your where and you must know your what. In other words, know where you're supposed to be and know what you're supposed to do in your sphere. That's where all things apply to you. This is good teaching. I hope you're tracking. All things that you can do are given to you in your space. If it's not in your space, you can't do it. I'm talking now. The context comes from the previous verse. Paul said, I've learned how to be abased. I've learned how to abound. I've learned how to be full. I've learned how to be hungry. In other words, I can handle all arenas in which I have been placed. When I was hungry, I can handle it. That's what happened. That was my situation. If I'm in the doctors, I'm in the hospital. I got to lay up for six months. I can handle it. That's my situation. If I got to go with out um, eating filet mignon for six months because I got laid off. Then that's my situation. God says I can handle it. Whatever is brought to, do you get what I'm saying? Superman didn't go trying to fix the world. He responded to the world's issues. When the issue comes to you, you can handle it. Come on, come on, come on. I can handle all arenas in which I have been placed. If you aren't in the place, it's not for you to deal with. If it's not in your space, it's not your all. Find out, know what your all is. Let me say it to you like this. If I put 25 marbles in your bowl, if I put 25 marbles in your bowl and I ask you to grab all of them, do those marbles represent all the marbles in the world? No, but you got all of them out of the bowl. When I say get all the marbles, I'm talking about all the marbles in your bowl. So when Paul says I can do all things, he's not talking about all the marbles in the world. He's talking about only the marbles in your bowl. So when I say grab all of them, oh, this is good. You grab until, what is to grab all of them? To grab joy, to grab all the marbles out of the bowl means I get 
all of them and nothing is left. In other words, you empty your assignments. You keep working on what's in your wheelhouse until there is nothing left. To get all of them means nothing is left. So as long as there is something left, Tia, for you to do in that sphere, you will have the strength to do it. Because whatever comes to you, you can handle it. But when there is nothing left to do, Latanya, now it's time to move on. In other words, the place is no longer suited for you because there's nothing in the place for you to... Ah, God, come on. Am I helping you understand all things? So God didn't ask you to save everyone. He asked you to save what's in your reach. Find things that are in your realm and do them. All right. So the first point is all things. Now they're going to make a phrase. All things. Here it is. All things. Let's go to our second one. All things. Here it is. I can do. There it is. The first emphasis was on all things. Paul wanted you to be clear on all things. He wants you to know it's all things. What does he say? I can do. Watch this now. So Paul was saying, whatever the action that's needed, whatever comes to me, I can do it. I want you to say, I can do it. If it's in my wheelhouse, I can do it. If it's if it's a new assignment, listen, if your boss gives you a new assignment, if it's in your job description, if it's in your purview, if it's where God has you, don't say you can't do it. You can do it. Because Paul is saying, optimism says, whatever is brought to you, you can do it. So he's saying, listen to me, Notice, he's not saying it's given to you to pass the buck. The text says, I can do it. Ah, I can do it. In other words, God gives it to you. It is for you to do. Now watch this. Let me explain this, Shauna. There are not many Supermans. There are not many Batmans. There's only one, really, right? There's only one Superman. There's only one Batman. That's why they formed the Justice League so that Aquaman, all of them can come together and unite because it's only one of them. One of them cannot save the world. Neither can Super Optimo. Even though I'm Optimo, I can't save everybody. So in other words, there is only one of you. So when we talk about what I can do, we're talking about only the one you of what you can do. So when we look at... um. Uh, Marvel uh, with Iron Man. What do they call it? The, the, not Justice League. Um, uh, the Avengers. Avengers. There we go. The Avengers. Thank you. The Avengers. When we look at the Avengers. You know, they all go out and each one has their specialty. The Hulk works on this and so-and-so works on this. I've got my specialties. I'm working on Monday. I'm doing whatever I'm doing. I'm hoping you're doing what you can do where you are. You must see life from that unique perspective that you contribute and bring something to life, to this world. You and only you can do it. No one else can do what you have been called to do. I hope I'm preaching right to somebody. And guess what? If you don't do it, it 
doesn't get done. In other words, it is so unique. In other words, it is so you that if you don't do it, it doesn't get done. It's on your desk and you're responsible for what's on your desk. You're responsible for all things. Watch this now. Let me give you this example. Let me give you another illustration. I saw this weekend a Looney Tune cartoon. A Looney Tunes cartoon. You know, uh, it's not Looney Tunes. It's not Looney Tune T-O-O-N-S. It's Looney Tunes T-U-N-E-S. Meaning that those cartoons, the Merry Melodies with Bucks Bunny and all of them, it was built around music. It was a way to put imagery and cinema to highlight music. Watch this now. Listen, in other words, there was, I heard on this show that at a particular time in cartoon making, there was a musician shortage and they had to create about 16 episodes of Looney Tunes from standard pre-created music. In other words, they could they didn't have musicians to play the music directly for the cartoons they were creating. And so they had to use pre-created music. And watch this, they played a cartoon where you could hear the theme from Dennis the Menace in an actual Looney Tune cartoon because they didn't have fresh music. They had to pull from music that was pre-created. So you could hear Dennis the Menace in a Looney Tune cartoon. The point is that the music adds dynamics to the actions taking place in the cartoon. You don't watch cartoons without the music. What good is Wile E. Coyote falling off a cliff without that sound at the end? I mean, the sounds of it give us the meaning. It helps our uh, display of the picture and the illustration. Here's what I'm preaching to you, Ben. Watch this. Optimism is the background music for the song, I Know I Can. Optimism should be the music you hear in the background of the actions of your life. Listen, it is not pre-created music. God gives you optimism fresh for each day. There is no shortage of hope with God. There is no shortage of possibility with God. Every day you get up, he gives the musicians in heaven to play optimism, to back up your actions. It should provide the dynamics of your actions in your day-to-day life. There is no point of watching fast and Furious 8 and 9 without the music behind it to make you feel the thunderous roar of driving that car. Even when we did Above and Beyond many years ago, we had them the side-by-side uh, at the railroad getting ready to race by the trains in Fast and Furious, and the music behind it was... Every time I hear the music, I think of that scene. My point is, God gives you optimism to fuel your actions to make you say, I know I can. What's the name of the song of optimism? I know I can. I can do all things through. Are you getting this? I hope. So watch this now. We have this dilemma. We have this dilemma, Big Ben, of I can versus I have strength. So the King James Version says, I can do all things. The literal translation says, all things I can do. But, or, or he says, all things I have strength for. So there 
there's a dilemma between I can and I have strength. The original is trying to emphasize not just that you can, but that you have the strength. So in other words, you can because you have strength. To have strength means you can. I'm going to say it again. When you have strength, you can. So be careful, Latanya, when you say you're tired. Be careful, Tia, when you say you're tired. Because when you say you're tired, you're saying, I don't have strength. And when you say, I don't have strength, that's a sign of pessimism and not optimism. So line your words up with your strength. Oh, this is good teaching. In other words, when I know what's in my life, when I know what has been brought to me and it may be good and it may be bad. Remember all things good and bad up and down. They shouldn't have done it. They did it anyway. All of those things. God says, whatever enters into your realm, you have the strength for it. So instead of saying I'm tired or instead of saying I can't or instead of saying I'm too weak, you say, if it got to me, (laughs) I have the strength for it. Are you tracking? So I can, watch this now, I can, let me talk to you over here, I can means you're permitted to do it. Ooh, I can means you have already been pre-approved to do it. I can means you have been authorized to do it, to respond to it. Listen, when God has already approved it, when God God has already authorized you to do it, then you don't have to pray about it. Ooh, 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 high shots, look out, duck. All of you who talk about, well, I'm, I'm praying about it. God wants me to do this and I'm praying about it. If it has been brought to you, if it is in your wheelhouse, if it is in proximity to you, if it is impacting your life, because it is there, God says you've already have the strength to do it, which means you've been authorized, you can do it. My kids used to come and say, Daddy, can I go outside? Yes, you can go outside. So they went outside because I authorized it. I'm saying to you, there's stuff on your plate right now in your mind that you know of from the family business. All last year, God spoke to you. Holy Spirit showed you and you don't need to pray not another day. You don't need to pray another 10 minutes about it. If God brought it to you, gave you the resources and the opportunity to do it, this is your opportunity. God says you can do it. It means you have the physical capacity. It means you You have the mental capacity. You are fit to do it. In other words, you are healthy enough to act on it. I'm telling you, stop sitting around letting food sit on the table that you won't eat because you can't move from the couch to the table. Get up off your laurels and find your way to the thing that you have been called to partake of. Deuteronomy 32.25, put it in the comments, Shana. Deuteronomy 33.25 says, as your day is, so shall your strength be. In other words, whatsoever the day brings, God says you have the strength for it. Now watch this. Don't lose it. Don't lose it, Shana. But if you have the strength for it, it means you can do it. If you got (laughs) the joy of the Lord is my strength. And when I have the strength, I can. Oh, if you've got the strength, you can. If you have the strength, you've been permitted. If you have the strength, you have permission.
missions. So we're waiting for God, but God is waiting for us. If it's in your wheelhouse, then you have already been given strength for it. If it makes sense in your world, do something with it. If it makes it into your sphere, you can handle it because you have been strengthened for it. It is I who has to get up and type. It is I who have to get up and stand here and speak. It is I who have to write the letter, sing the song, or work the grounds. You have to do it. God ain't sending Gabriel. God isn't sending Michael. God isn't sending the heavenly host. It is what you have been called to do. Abraham had to do it. Moses had to do his work. Joshua had to do his work. David had to do his work. Solomon had to do his work. Joseph had to do his work. Solomon had to do his work. Gideon had to do his work. Paul and Luke and John, all of the names in scripture, but you're not in those antiquated ancient days of history. You're in 2022. Where will your name appear? How will your name be added to the nomenclature, to the list of activities or progresses and successes or failures of 2022? It is what God says you can handle. Foreclosure, you can handle it. Laid off, you can handle it. Pain in your side, you can handle it. No on bank account, you can handle it. Fired from your job, you can handle it. Divorce, you can handle it. Boyfriend broke up with you, you can handle it. Got a new promotion, you can handle it. You're now responsible for $2 billion, you can handle it. You got a designer engineer program that'll send somebody to Mars, you can handle it. There is nothing in all things that reach your sphere, he says, you can do it. But you can't do any of all things with a limited arsenal of supplies. So what do I mean by that? Let me explain my final point. We moving pretty fast. Am I moving? So the first one was all things. The second was I can do. The third one is in him. So all things I could do in him. There it is. That's the scripture. That is the nutshell of the original language of the Greek. He's saying, I can, all things I can do in him. So the first one, the third one says, optimism never runs out of who you need. Now I'm going to go back to the one before that. As I said, I didn't point this out. Optimism gives you permission to do you. So that's where you know you have the permission to do you. You can do it. So the third and final one is in him, optimism never runs out of who you need. So when we talk about being able to have enough optimism for all the things that come, you have to be in a position of unending reservoir. Now watch this now. Here's what I want you to see. Because the process of life Because the process of all things is unending. I mean, you keep living. I mean, the earth has been around for a long time. People die. New people are born. And stuff keeps happening. People keep dying. People still shooting. uh, Hunger, famine, dirt all over here. Stealing, homicides, successes, businesses growing, going to the moon. All of these things keep happening in an unending cycle. That's why I tell people all the time, you mad because somebody broke up with you and you ain't 
going to never love nobody else again. I'm just saying, people going to be finding the man you should be with. They're going to be finding the woman you should because you're sitting on the couch mad and sulking when you should get up and understand this merry-go-round going to go around again, boo. You need to jump back on the merry-round, get on that merry-go-round, get on there and try to find you what you need for your situation. You have to invite the things into your life that you think that you're created to respond to. Oh, that's a quotable. I can't even re-say it. So you need a reservoir. Watch this now. Listen, if life, watch this, if life keeps happening and it's been happening since Genesis, if life keeps happening and we keep dying, we need a reservoir to pull from that outlasts us, right? If life, if optimism is needed for life, then we don't need just enough optimism for me. We need optimism that will span my kids, my kids, kids. So when you talk about living with optimism, you're living with optimism. The same optimism that Abraham had, the same optimism Joshua had when he crossed through the, through the river, when Moses went through the sea, when Gideon fought the battle and Joshua brought down the, the walls of Jericho. All of that optimism, guess what? It comes from the same reservoir. Oh, I love it. So it's deeper than you. The optimism is deeper than you. So you're thinking at some point you're going to run out of hope? No. You're thinking at some point, oh, it's enough trouble. I've had enough. No. The reservoir is deeper than you. Optimism will never run out. Keep living life and life will keep throwing you stuff every day, every month. Every year it will happen because life is made up of people on different levels of which we cannot control. People grow, people change, marriages adjust all the time because we ain't the same people we were when we hooked up at 18. Stuff changes and you have to be able to adjust. I don't want you to miss this passage because this passage is quoted often. I can do all things through Christ who's but we're talking about a multiplicity of diversity of ups and downs. I want you to understand the scope of it. I don't want you to say, I can do all things through Christ and all you think of is a new car and a new house and a new ministry. I want you to think of, I can handle trouble. I can handle, the doctors called me and said, my mama has cancer. I can handle my son winds up in trouble or my daughter is pregnant or whatever the situation you may be facing. I want you to understand it's not just that the boss, the people call you and say, we want you to work. It's when the bad news comes to Jesus says, you can handle it. I have given you the ability to live in life with ups and downs, hunger, full, abased, abound, broke, wealthy, no car, bus ride, transit, metro, ride a bike, skate to school, ride a taxi, Uber somewhere, walk on your own to, in other words, I will, don't play with me. How do you think we got these old dishes, poor man's pie, and all of these stuff, throwing soup in, the, just throw whatever's in the fridge, just throw whatever. In other words, we had to make do with what we, sugar sandwiches, mayonnaise sandwiches, spam, and all of that. We work with what we have, and we're still here. Why? Because we made it through it. We had the strength to get, I don't want anybody to look in your fridge and see that things are low and say, we ain't going to make it. 
and I want you to look in there with optimism in your eye and says, all things I can do in him. So this reservoir this reservoir is deeper than us. So the beauty of optimism is that it prepares us for life on all levels. I love that. I love that, Lawanda. It's that it prepares us for, this passage prepares us for life on all levels. And if we master the lifestyle of an optimist, then we master the matrix of diversity of trials and successes. In other words, we master the, ma- the matrix and the, di- the, the dy- dynamics and complexities of the ups and downs of our life. Yes, success is a different kind Kind of handling of life, but it too must be handled. When you start making ubu buku cash, you've got to handle it from a tax perspective. You've got to know what to do. You got to be prepared for the piranhas and the parasites, the leeches that all is all the family that comes out of nowhere and all of a sudden claim you never helped them with nothing, and now they want to cut. And then you got to deal with who do you trust to handle your money. Then you got to deal with how do you maintain it. You've got all kinds of the success. Success is not a cakewalk, baby. Success has challenges of a different nature. And Jesus is saying you need to know how to handle it on the big level as well as on the lower level. But I tell this story all the time, Big Ben, that when I play the keyboards, the keyboards are derivative of sets of eight. Eight keys, 10 times on a keyboard, 88 keys on a piano. If I know how to play the eight keys in the lower register, I can play the same eight keys up in the higher register. It don't matter if it's $5,000 versus $500,000. If I learn how to play the eight keys, I can play them broke. I can play them high. In other words, in all things I can do. What he strengthens, what, what, what he calls me to do through the one who strengthens me. But here's what I want you to see. The key is to know that even though you are doing the work, it is God who's supplying the strength. So you're doing the work, but God supplies the strength. And this is why you never have to worry about running out of strength to do whatever God has called you to do. You got eight kids and you worrying how I'm going to feed them. Don't worry. You can do it when you're in Christ. The Bible says I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me through Christ, in Christ. As long as I'm in him, I got it. As long as I keep coming to church, as long as I keep praying. If you recall, would you remember the woman who was running out of food and the prophet came and said, feed me, make a cake for me. And as long as you obey God, you won't run out. Oh, I love it. And as long as she kept obeying what God said, do, D-O, not what God said, but what God said, do. In other words, action. She had to take action as long as she kept pouring, there was always more to pour. And I'm telling you, God is saying, as long as you keep obeying his will, if you order, if he orders your steps, if you follow his word, if you just do what he asks you to do, every time you do what he asks you to do, there will be more strength to do it. Uh, every time, <laughs> I love it. So there, the, the prophet said there's going to be a famine for three years. She was already running out of food. He said for three years, there's going to be a famine. And the prophet said, as long as you do what God said, do you will never run out of what you need. So she had plenty in her pitcher. She had pitcher every time she went to pour oil. It 
never ran dry for three whole years. So my point is when God calls you to something, he says he won't put more on you than you can bear. Meaning he knows your beginning and he knows your breaking point. He knows when it's too much for you. And then he says, I got to give more strength. Give me more strength. I'm giving it all she's got, Captain. You know, in other words, we need more. And God says, no matter how recalcitrant the boss becomes, no matter how difficult the marriage becomes, no matter how challenging the children become, I've got the power to give you more strength as long as you remain in me. God dries up the brook and he feels it too. So when he takes the cup and the glass looks half full, it's half full because he made it that way. Because he knows he has the power to fill it up at any point and any moment in time. So don't be discouraged because you're running low on cash. The same God who allowed you to be low on cash can replenish the bank account when it's time to be replenished. Our actions, our work in 2022 must be powered by God through you're the one doing the work but God gives you the power to do it. 2 Corinthians 4.17, write that down Shana, 2 Corinthians 4.17 says, for our light affliction, which is but for a moment, works for a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. In other words, we are temporal but what's in us is eternal and we can't look at the temporality of our low bank account, loss of job, single at home, alone again. Be alone, boo, temporary. I'm telling you, your situation is temporary, but the strength of God to handle it is eternal. It will never run out. You may quit, but God can't. We are temporal and our circumstances are temporal, but God is everlasting. And though our glass appears to be half empty, you may as well say as have full because as long as I'm in God I can fill it up remember you just go to the old tank the old gas station and we say ding ding you ride up and the man would come to the car and what do you say fill her up I want somebody to wake up out of bed this morning tomorrow and say fill her up God fill up my cup don't you know fill my cup Lord let it overflow that's the sense of that song fill my cup God let my life I'm tired of walking around depressed, dragging myself, dragging my personality, dragging my marriage, dragging my situation, complaining about what I have and what I don't have. Fill her up, God. Every time you feel depressed, fill her up. Every time somebody toxic gets on your nerve, turn around and say, fill her up. I'm a master, baby, at going to the bathroom for a timeout. I will go to the stall, get my face together and be like, fill up, Lord. I go to the parking lot, steal to this day I walk outside and I say regroup. I'm telling you God will continue to fill you as you are needed. Your empty glass is as full as a full glass and that's why Paul is saying the prerequisite of all our successes is to remain in Christ. And now as I wrap this up let me explain what that means. Here we talk about 
What does it mean to be in Christ? The original text does not say in Christ. So the text doesn't say all things for all things I can do or I have strength in Christ. It means it says all things I have strength in the one in him. It is assumed who strengthens me. So the point is it is understood that Christ, the one who strengthens me, is the one who makes it possible. As long as I and M am in him, that's how I'm able to do it. The original text doesn't have Christ, but we know it's him he's referring to. So to be in Christ means, watch this now, to be in, I wish I had a, I, uh, I wish I had, maybe, never mind. To be in Christ means we wrap our, all of our life up in his so that we don't see ourselves anymore. I was going to say, if I had my robe, my boss robe, on. I put my robe on over me and you wouldn't be able to see my suit and tie. You would only see what I am in. I am in the robe. So when I am in Christ, people don't see me. They see Christ because my strength doesn't come from me. Girl, I would have cut you a long time ago. But when I'm in Christ, I have strength to handle your, uh, uh, never mind, your acting up. I am in Christ. So to be in him means that we aren't seen, but God is. And we do this, watch this, we do this so we don't allow our flaws and our mistakes to get the best of us and discourage our optimism. Because if we looked at us and if we thought, oh, I could do Remember Moses said, God called Moses to lead his people out of Egypt. And Moses, first thing he said, but I stutter, God, I stutter. And God said, Moses, let me explain something to you. I don't care whether you stutter. I will give you what to say. And he said, I'll give you help. I'll give you people. In other words, we often say we can't do something because we're too busy looking at our flaws. But when you get in Christ, he covers your flaws. He covers your wrongs. He covers your past. He covers your sins of what you should be guilty and shame of. And he restores and replaces it with confidence and optimism and says believe it in spite of even Romans said of Abraham he said Abraham hoped against hope even where there was no hope he kept hoping and even when there is no money you keep acting like you got what you need in other words all the things that come to your life God says when you're wrapped up in me my reservoir never runs dry and your mistakes and your flaws you're in this situation because your choices You messed up and you shouldn't be blessed, but I'm not toxic like that. I will cover you and still bless you in spite of the choices you made if you just wrap yourself in me. We can be optimistic because all things about me that would cause me to fail have been hidden in him. So I'm optimistic because it's not me. It's him. And I live and remain in him by faith. So as long as I have faith, I continue to be strong. And being in him keeps feeding me strength. Even Superman had to go to Krypton or he had to go up to the sun to get strengthened. When I need strength, when I feel weak, go to God. That's where you go. Don't go to Tyrone. Don't go to Shelly. Don't go to your friends telling them you're thinking they're going to help you feel better. No, go to God. 
That's where your strength is, your reservoir to be able to handle all the trouble. Listen, you wouldn't be in that situation if you didn't keep going telling your situation to your ex or to the person on your job because they the only one to understand me. No, they are not helping you handle it. They are not your strength. You can handle all things in Christ. So when you need strength to deal with whatever you're dealing with, it ain't your boss, it ain't your co-worker, it ain't the bottle, it ain't the drugs, it ain't the marijuana, it ain't the Hennessy. It is God. And I'm ready for anything as long as I'm operating in him. So whatever you do this year, it will be because of your union with Christ. It will be because of his Holy Spirit that is in you, that is giving you strength to do it. And the way to get that strength is to be found in need so that your desire will dissuade you from wanting the things you need to wanting him through him, your needs will be met. So God puts you in positions where you need things and he changes your desire for the things to your desires for him. And when your desires are for him, he gives you the things you need. Oh, that's good teaching. I conclude with these final thoughts, beloved. If you see the glass half empty and half full, there's only one outcome of Philippians 4.13. It all boils down to what you choose to believe. How do you see your life? Half full or half empty? As long as you doubt your ability and claim weakness as your cloak of comfort, then you shall not achieve much at all. Some of you have already determined the destiny of your 2022 because you don't think you can do it. Lord, help me be optimistic about 2022. The pandemic has discouraged many. Joblessness, situations, mental health, struggling financial struggles have set many back. And that's why I think this message is timely, the message of optimism. But be clear, this is not a message about wanting anything. That's not the point. God is not saying, ooh, remember this verse, I can do all things through Christ to get stuff. This is not a message about wanting. It's making the point that whatever comes to me, whatever befalls me, I can weather the storm. I have strength for it. So, which all the more emphasizes my lack of asking you for anything. Because no matter what situation I'm in, I'm good. So, people who ask you for stuff all the time, people who are asking constantly, begging and pleading, asking, blah, 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 they haven't put their trust in God. They're not optimists. They're pessimists. Optimists don't ask all the time because they know whatever situation we're in, I'm good. The optimist asks when they believe God said ask. They don't ask out of fear or worry. They ask when God says ask. And when God says ask, usually the person you ask has what you need. Because God wouldn't tell you to ask someone 
who didn't have what you need. Oh, that's preaching. And that's in my book. The key to practicing optimism is to be a person who's content, equal minded, same mind and good. In other words, have the same mind when things are going good, have the same mind when things are going bad. That's what same mindedness means. Be balanced emotionally. When something bad comes to your life, don't trip out. Oh, God. Oh, 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 oh. No, 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 no. Something bad comes. It's all good. I have the strength for it. Something good comes. Oh, I got a promotion. I just made another million dollars. No, don't get too excited. Equal mindedness. With the same contentment that I have a million dollars is the same contentment I'll have with $10. Isn't that good teaching? So be flexible, y'all. Be flexible. Life will happen. You might have a good week this week, but next week might be waiting on you. But the good news is, all things, I have the strength as I remain in Christ. Paul said, I have learned how to be this way. So be teachable. Be content, be flexible, and be teachable. Learn some stuff from life. Paul said, I didn't wake up like this. Sorry, Beyonce. He said, I had to learn it. I had to grow to this. So my prayer today is may God begin to teach us this valuable lesson on optimism the remainder of our days in 2022. I'm PC, and that's all I got.